This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey everybody, welcome to the Laravel News Podcast. This is episode 131. We've got some good stuff on the menu here for you today, but this one's going to be a quick one. So we're going to go through them pretty fast here. Michael being the dad that he is now with two kiddos at home, there's always mm-hmm. somebody awake, right? As Jim Gaffigan always. might say, he's like, there's always one kid awake, right? It's like, always go, go, uh, All right, now everybody go practice kicking dad in your sleep, all right, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Eli has just woken up, so we've got to we've got to get this in in before he comes in and starts tearing your microphone out and and yep. uh, you know what have you. So uh, let's let's get right into it. We've got releases. Laravel eight dot twelve. Talk to us about it, Michael. What's going on? Eight dot twelve was a delayed release. So normally Laravel will push a release out each Tuesday uh, or a minor release each Tuesday. Patch releases might come out subsequent to that you know, depending on if there's errors and bugs and things that need to be fixed. So this one was actually delayed a couple of days because they, the Laravel team were working on bringing full PHP 8 support to the framework. So PHP 8 is right around the corner now. I think we're due for the final release candidate in the next week or so at the time of this recording. And then PHP 8 itself will be released next month in December of 2020. So it's great that the team is ahead of the curve, got everything up and running and ready to go. There are a number of other bits and pieces that were added to Laravel 8.12 on top of the PHP 8 support, which I think is the headline. But uh, we have the ability to create observers with a custom path using the make observer command. The illuminate database eloquent factories factory lazy method was added, which is something that I think existed in the legacy mm. factories i have used it and i've run into issues with it not being there as i've been upgrading applications to laravel 8 so it's good that that one's back that will interesting certainly That's pretty cool make things yeah. easier we've also got the ability to make cast with a custom stub file using the make cast command and we've added custom cast that can implement increment and decrement logic the, there is a new encrypted eloquent cast really oh man that's freaking cool there is a- <laughs> all these different casts these are awesome yeah yeah, casting is great. We've uh, we've swapped out a whole bunch of like accesses and mutators and just swapped them out with custom cast because then we can package them up and ship them between applications rather than copy and pasting the same three lines of access or a mutator between applications. So it's definitely a lot cleaner way of doing yeah, that's things. That's really neat. We've also got the encrypted eloquent cast been added, which we'll talk a little bit further on later on in the show. We have a database refreshed event that is emitted after a database is refreshed. There is a new with max, with min, with sum, with average aggregate methods added to the queries relations eloquent concern. We have an explain method added to both the query builder and the eloquent builder. So if you've ever done the dance where you've had to like enable query log and then DD your queries and then copy and paste all of the arguments that go into that or the placeholder arguments and then throw that into table plus or MySQL command line or whatever else to do an explain on it. You can now just tack on explain and it will return the explain for you nice. right in the application. Wow. So that's a nice little addition there. And for those of you that aren't using explain, uh, Jonathan Rennick goes into a bit of detail on that in his Advanced Eloquent Patterns course. Um, it's a it's a way for you to inspect the queries and how your database engine, whether that's Postgres or MySQL, 
uh, how the query planner works out what indexes to use and and whether it's you know whether you're writing efficient queries and whether you need to add indexes and things like that. So uh, if you're not familiar with that, definitely check out that course. I'll try and get the the link in the show notes. That's awesome. Um, we also have a multiple of validation rule that so we'll now handle non-integer values. Uh, there's adding of support for set keys for select query. There is a new is callable method added to the illuminate support reflector class. We've got route regex registration methods and a new don't release option to the rate limited and rate limited with Redis job middlewares. There's also been some fixes as always, um, support for PHP Redis 5.32 cluster, fixing some checks for file paths in Postgres schemas, eloquent model, eloquent, eloquent model load morph and load morph count methods were fixed, ambiguous column on many to many uh, queries and a Postgres dump issue was fixed. Uh, so if you want more details about all of that, we will have in depth, well, we'll have a link to the release notes and you can do your own research. But uh, yeah, as I said, the, the main headline feature here is full support for PHP 8 ahead of the release of the new version of PHP coming in December. Yeah, lots of uh, praise for Dries and Graham Campbell on this one. I know they put a ton of work into getting it ready for or, uh, for PHP 8. So that's um, that's pretty cool. That's a, that's a big milestone, right? And I love that uh, the Laravel community is always kind of pushing that pushing that boundary, right? If it wasn't for uh, Spassi requiring that all of their packages always be up to date with like the latest version of PHP, I'm pretty sure we'd still be on like you know, yeah. version four, maybe not, but yeah. Four. But thanks, sure. Dries and Graham. Nice job on that. Uh, we've got some news here with Pest PHP plugin for PHP Storm. So if you've not had a chance yet to use Pest PHP, this is sort of like a replacement for PHP unit. It's built on top of PHP unit. So this is Nuno Maduro. Uh, he started this. He's got some um, help from a couple other friends now as well. Uh, but this is a plugin that adds Pest support inside of PHP Storm. So uh, a product that Michael and I uh, have worked on uses Pest and uh it, this has made a really uh, nice workflow in PHP unit. The one of the things that you can do here is automatically run your tests from PHP or I'm sorry, from PHP Storm. Uh, now with Pest, it also allows you to see your code coverage directly within the PHP Storm UI, which is pretty cool. Uh, so they have a post. Oliver has a post. Oliver Nibro has a post on how the Pest PHP Storm plugin will improve your testing workflow. So you can check that out on the PHP Storm blog. Uh, it's available in the JetBrains marketplace under Pest. There's, looks like there's two of them. It's the one that has like the 80s style logo, the green, blue, and pink Pest mm -hmm. P. Yeah, that's the one you're looking for. So very cool. Check that out if you're using Pest and if you happen to use PHP Storm as well. Uh, speaking of PHP unit and testing, we have this better PHP unit versus code extension, our VS code extension. Better PHP unit is a Visual Studio plugin by Caleb Pozio for running PHP unit tests from the editor. It's very similar to the Sublime PHP unit plugin that, that is for Sublime text. Automates running repetitive PHP unit commands using the command palette or keyboard, keyboard shortcuts. Main features of this plugin include running a test method, a specific test method, running a full test file, running your entire test suite and running the previous test, which is exceptionally handy if you're doing the whole red-green refactor cycle. And, you know, you, you write your test, you go and write the code, it fails. Rather than having to switch back to your test file and then find the, the method and run that specific method, you can just run the previous test and it'll take care of that for you. So um, it certainly simplifies the workflow and allows you to more rapidly work through that red-green refactor cycle. 
If you've used PHP Storm, you already know the power of running tests from within the ID and not losing the window context by switching to your terminal and back and forth and back and forth. So this plugin surely improves your testing workflow on PHP projects if you have settled on VS Code. You can install the plugin from the VS Code plugin directory by searching the extension marketplace for better PHP unit. We will have more links and further instructions for that in the show notes. And then jumping back to PHP Storm, we have an IntelliJ plugin for AlpineJS. So IntelliJ Alpine is a plugin by Chris Morrell that brings AlpineJS support to JetBrains IDEs, including PHP Storm. So the initial version of IntelliJ Alpine supports autocomplete for Alpine directives such as xdata, xbind, those sorts of things. And then it sets the language to JavaScript inside directives. So you have full syntax highlighting and code completion inside those string directives. So when you say xdata, it recognizes that inside of that parameter there, it's going to be JavaScript, right? So that'll it will uh, it will detect that mm-hmm. and then give you full highlighting and code completion, all that good stuff. It's available again in the JetBrains marketplace, where you can see versions, install, and leave a review. You can also install install it uh, by going to Preferences, Plugins, Marketplace, and then searching for Alpine JS. So check that out as well. We've got some changes coming to PHP Faker. This is the library we all know and love. What's uh, what's changing up here? Yeah, if any of those, I mean, we've talked about the last two two articles where we're about testing in, in PHP. PHP Faker is a library that many of us use, especially if we're doing our testing, that is hugely helpful when developing locally to create dummy data and covers everything from fake names to addresses to uh, Lipsum and so much more. And... Last week, Francois Zaninotto, the creator of the library, announced that after nine years of maintaining it, he is going to sunset the library. In his post, part of the reason, or in his post outlining the reasons why he made the decision, including climate change, which according to Packagist, Faker has been downloaded 121 million times um, at 3.3 megabytes per installation, which is way too many bytes. So due to the size of it and how it'd be better if all the cows were separated out, how time-consuming the management of the package is and how people want to submit copyrighted content in the PRs. What Francois has decided to do is to leave the package up but call it complete. Um, no more development will be happening on the F. Zaninotto Faker repository and he has recommended that people fork it to take it over. So it's actually been marked as abandoned in packages. If you were to do a composer install, then that's what you're going to wow. see. Composer recommending that you don't use it. Unfortunately, it hasn't actually marked a new package um, as as the replacement. However, since the library is used by so many of us in the Laravel community, Taylor did tweet out that he will, or the, the, the Laravel team will ensure that Faker continues with a core team of maintainers, both from within Laravel and outside of. And the fork is available at the Faker PHP slash Faker location on GitHub. So some of the first steps will be making it PHP A compatible so that it works for future versions of PHP. So until you update your version of PHP, you're not going to need to replace the package with a new one. But in the future, Laravel will more than likely ship with it. So you may not have to make any changes at all. Um, it'll just happen. If you're using Laravel Shift, I'm sure it will upgrade the dependency for you. One thing that I am looking forward to is the ability to have the the locales mm-hmm. as, as separate plugins. So you could say like install Faker PHP, which just gives right, you the base right. Faker. And then you could say also give me ENAU because I want to see Australian formatted phone numbers and, and names and streets and things yeah. like that. Uh, it you know it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things unless you're not in English at all. ENUS versus ENAU doesn't really matter too much. But when you're seeding uh, test applications and things like that for actual users to start running through, it's better that you see things that are kind of 
in a more familiar yeah, format for, sure. for, for developing and testing. It doesn't matter because you never really see that stuff anyway. It just flies past as your tests go. So definitely keep that in mind. If you if you do see that the the library comes up in Composer as abandoned, don't worry. Um, I just updated two of my applications to to use Faker PHP slash Faker, and and literally the only change you need to to make is to update your Composer.json file to point to the new location. So everything else will keep working. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. A huge kudos for nine years of support. That's pretty incredible. I know I've benefited hugely from this package. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, huge kudos to Francois. Um, okay, so we actually had on, let's see, Laravel was coming up tomorrow. So it would have been the 27th, October 27th. There was another Laravel Worldwide Meetup, and there was two speakers there, Ryan Chandler, who was talking about GitHub Actions for Laravel developers. So if you happen to be using... GitHub, which many of us are, unless you happen to be stuck on a local install of GitLab. Sorry, Michael. Is that still the situation for you? Still? Yeah. I don't want to. I don't okay. want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, so Ryan goes into um, a talk here where he asks basically, like, where is your CI? Uh, where is your pipeline being hosted? Is it in mm-hmm. Travis or is it in Circle or where is that at? Right. Uh, and then basically, wouldn't it be nice if you could put all of those things into one place under GitHub Actions? Do you know what GitHub Actions is? So in the talk, he talks through going through the basics of what GitHub Actions are and showing you live on there uh, how you could get your first level applications workflow running on the platform. And there's a lot of uh, packages now that are coming out, which sort of suggest you do it this way. I know Lasso was a tool recently that we talked about that said, yeah, you could just build your assets using your GitHub Actions. So um, I know Frank has some stuff out there about GitHub Actions as well. Uh, it's it's becoming quite popular. We're using it in a lot of our stuff. So uh, yeah, really cool. If you haven't messed with that, uh, it'd be a great talk to kind of start you out on that path. Liam Hammett, who's also a longtime Laravel uh, developer, talked about unconventional autoloaders. So we use autoloaders all the time in PHP. Composer, uh, obviously, is an autoloader. And in your composer.json, you have things that will autoload. Uh, if you remember, like back in like, you'd have like to specify PSR2, PSR4. You remember that in like the autoloader section, or you have like the class mm-hmm. map and all that stuff, right? So if you change your mindset a little, you'll find you can do a lot more than you might have previously thought. So they're going to take a look at using some unconventional techniques uh, so that you can take autoloaders in PHP a step further, introducing interesting and exciting new functionality PHP natively does not support. So check that out. Uh, Liam had a talk with that one. Okay, moving on to packages, my friend. Mm -hmm. We've got Ibis Bookmaker, Mr. Uh, Muhammad Syed. Ibis. Yeah, Ibis is a new app from Mohammed Said that helps you build and publish ebooks from Markdown files and includes features for generating both light and dark themed ebooks, as well as the ability to choose your own fonts and more. Ibis generates ebooks from your Markdown mark, Ibis <laughs> generates ebooks from your Markdown files with a cover photo, clickable auto-generated tables of contents, code syntax highlighting, and as I mentioned, two different themes, light and dark. Uh, if you've purchased Muhammad's book on uh, Qs recently, that's that's where this all came from. He built that all up. That's so cool. Specifically for that book. Uh, it looks good. It looks great. And it's it's cool that he's being able to ship this as a open source package. So to get started, you can just compose a global require them said slash Ibis. Create a new directory using the Ibis PHP uh, vendor uh, binary. So Ibis init. And after running the init command, you'll now have a directory with the structure which has your assets in there, content and configuration files. So you can set your 
uh, book title, your the author name, the fonts, any sample pages that you want to create and things like that. And you can include your own fonts if you wanted to do that as well using TTF type fonts. And then creating your content is just a matter of creating files, chapter one, chapter two, and so on and so forth, introductions. And then when you're ready, Ibis build, and that'll generate a PDF into the export folder ready for you to go. And you can generate samples. So if you're writing a book and you want to send a, a sample out to a mailing list, for example, or provide a free copy to people signing up to that, that mailing list, you can do that as easily. A really high-level overview of, of the package itself. Who was it? To Eric. Eric Barnes, our fearless leader, had the pleasure of using it to build an ebook titled Your First Laravel App and is giving away that book for free when you join the Laravel newsletter. So definitely that check that out. Cool. We'll have links to everything in the nice, show notes. Eric. That's a cool. That's a cool way to use that. Yeah. Uh, we've got another package here uh, called Spectator. So Spectator is used to test your open API implementation from within your Laravel uh, application. So uh, for any of you who build or maintain APIs in Laravel, you know that it can be very extremely difficult to keep your code and your documentation and your tests all up to date, right? So it's super common for developers and people on the team to experience the discrepancies between your documentation and the actual implementation of the API and code. My hand is raised. Um, especially for endpoints <laughs> with different request parameters or varying response codes or custom uh, return things that you just have, that you just have kind of defined on your team. And so these obviously these discrepancies can cause really huge issues and tons of wasted time in your development team. Um, because you could just introduce this inadvertent change that could break all sorts of crap. Again, hand raised. So enter Spectator. Mm -hmm. Spectator is a package that provides testing methods you can use within your existing Laravel PHP unit tests to ensure your open API spec documentation and implementation stay in sync. So they give an example of how this might work. I'm not going to read through the entire post. This is maybe more of a tutorial slash package as well. Uh, but basically, you can use Spectator to automatically run tests that compare your requests and your responses with the expected contract. So then obviously, if you go in and change something, it's going to give you an error. So uh, if you're managing an API, give Spectator a try. Uh, should help you with any breaking changes that are bound to happen between your API docs and code. And hopefully, will help to keep your team and your API consumers much happier. Check that out. Next up, we have a package from Beyond Code. Uh, so this was it was not a package. I think it's a a web a free web app. Beyond Code announced a new social image generator for PHP packages, which is a free service to generate customizable social images for your GitHub projects, including Laravel packages. Some popular customization options include being able to set logos. Uh, you can use the PHP logo or the Laravel logo or some generic icons. So it's using her Heroicons from Steve Sugar or from Tailwind Labs, I guess now. You can also customize things like the background pattern using hero patterns, font sizes, pick from light and dark versions, and so on and so forth. And a lot of people in the community have already started using it for their different packages. We've got, Lar uh, we've got Livewire Charts, Laravel Porn Passwords, Laravel Microsoft Grass. Grass? Laravel <laughs> Microsoft Graph. I'm having a terrible time speaking today. Dad brain. Um, if dad you brain. have some packages that you want to generate your own social images for GitHub packages, you can check it out at banners.beyondco.de. Beyond Code. Thanks to Marcel and the team there. Very nice. Um, this next one I'm really excited about. So Jason McCreary pull requested this into what you were talking about earlier in the 8.12 uh, release of Laravel. So this adds an encrypted string eloquent 
Casts. So again, if you have not used Casts before or have not used them yet, uh, they're really powerful. And inside of any of, your, any of your Eloquent models, if you set a public Casts property, what you can then do is you can relate a certain type of Casts two different attributes on your model. So if you wanted to, for instance, say that a particular field is a date, you would just say birth date, fat arrow, date. And then you could even do date colon and then specify specify the format that you wanted it to come out in. This is very similar in that all you'd have to say is if you wanted to, for example, let's say you're storing social security numbers. God knows why you would do that, but you're storing social security numbers within your database and you wanted to encrypt those. You could just do SSN, fat arrow, encrypted, which is pretty awesome. So previous to this, you've had to use a, a package to do so. It wasn't sort of like a first-class citizen inside of Laravel, but now it is. So uh, it's been included to the ability to encrypt a model attribute using this cast. And the way that you can do it is, is really, really simple. All you have to do is you say, Secret Federal Encrypted. And then Tom Schlick brought up a objection. He's like, yeah, man, I think this is good. But what if we have like a JSON column or like what if we have an array or how, how would you handle that? And Jason uh, just quickly uh, beneath that said, yeah, like good point. We would maybe need to make encrypted JSON or encrypted object and then followed it up with that PR. <laughs> so he, he just yeah. added it, which I was like, yes, great. So you also have that option, right? So if you have a secret array, you, uh, array, you could just say encrypted colon array or a secret JSON uh, payload. You could say encrypted colon JSON, objects, collections, all that stuff. It's all supported now. So the encrypted cast uses Laravel's crypt facade to encrypt and decrypt the attribute from the database. So there were earlier PRs way back in 5.3 that were not accepted. Uh, they were closed that attempted to bring this functionality into Laravel. I remember them saying it was going to be a bit of a maintenance nightmare. Um, but if you use Laravel's built-in encrypted cast notation, it's important to realize that this locks your app key. Meaning, if you change your app key, all of the values in your database that are encrypted will no longer be able to be read, right? This is the secret that mm. Crypt uses under the hood to encrypt and decrypt, decrypt everything in Laravel from sessions and from your cookies and all that stuff. So the same weekend, Laravel encrypted casts were added to the Laravel. Eric uh, completed a hackathon. Actually, maybe not Eric. Richard Stiles, here we go. Richard, Richard did. Uh, completed a hackathon hosted by his employer, UK Fast, where they created Eloquent Encrypted. So this uses 4096-bit uh, RSA keys to cast model attributes into the database in an encrypted form. This, in fact, will separate Eloquent Encryption from the app key so that if you wanted to, you're free to rotate the key as needed. So that's a good point of what's the word I'm looking for? Difference. Distinction. It's a good point of distinction there. Yeah, that in the case that you might want to rotate your encryption key, uh, which there is a mm -hmm. actually a blog post out there by Titan called App Key and You, uh, where they suggest maybe that you probably should separate those things. Uh, this package, Eloquent Encrypted, will give you the ability to do so. Uh, so check out both of those. We'll have mm -hmm. that in the show notes. Again, this is sort of one of those package slash release slash tutorials. And also, uh, I know that the header image of this one was created by our good friend Canico. So Canico is going to be doing some of the artwork nice. on Laravel News uh, coming up. So if you haven't seen that, check that out. Good job, Canico. And thanks, Richard Stiles, for uh, reporting on that and for your package as well. Beautiful. Yeah, I think separating. I was actually discussing with one of my developers this week just gone that we need to send encrypted values between two applications. Mm, yeah, yeah. Which means either having both of those applications, well, 
which would mean having to have both of those applications use the same app key, which is not something that you would want to do. So being able to use something that separates the key for that specific purpose, so that way you can cycle that separately because those things are typically short-lived. It's, I will take this encrypted value from here, or I'll take this plain text from here, encrypt it, send it to the other application, which will decrypt it, and then it's gone. So there's no no, um, uh, perpetuality to it. It's all just like used for that single transaction. So at worst, we would lose like a value in transit if we were to change the keys kind of thing. Whereas if it's the app key, you know, if you're storing those encrypted values, you have to cycle your entire database essentially with the old key to the new key. So um, yeah, definitely definitely check out the article, The App Key and You by Jake Bathman that is linked up in the show notes. The one other thing I wanted to mention real quick before we move on to the next one is you and I actually, and maybe some of the cash money guys, we're talking about key rotation this week. Well, you are because you're an IT manager now and that's your problem. Like, and I, that was my first thing. I said, that sounds like a job for IT. And then that was You're when like, I remembered oh, that, that is you that is, now. That is me. Yeah, it's like a compliance thing, right? It's like a, hey, by yeah. the way, uh, when was the last time you rotated your app keys? And actually, there was this, it's this application called Scout Suite that you can run in a Docker container that you just basically give it some credentials to your AWS stuff. And it goes and looks at all of your mm-hmm. things and says, hey, by the way, this key has not been rotated for five years. It's like, uh... <laughs> Uh, that's because I've I've never rotated that key before. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about it. And that actually is what I've heard from most people that actually have successful businesses that run uh, with stuff on AWS. It's like, yeah, we don't really do that actually. And so, Best practices be damned, right? They don't care. They don't care. It's just like we're not rotating. You only rotate it if you get compromised. Yeah, right. So. Anyway, I'm interested if anybody's got a great solution for this. I've been looking into using AWS Secrets Manager. I'm sure there's got to be some way to do that out there. So if anybody has a great package or tutorial on how to do that, send it in. We'd love to put it on the show here. Okay. Uh, We've got some other Castable stuff you could talk to us about. Laravel Castable Data Transfer Objects. Yes. Laravel Castable Data Transfer Objects is a package by Jess Archer, fellow Australian, for casting JSON columns in the database to a value object. The package expands on Sparsi's data transfer object package with the Castable data transfer object class, which implements Laravel's Castable interface using eloquent cast types, Castable, Castable, casting, cast, cast, just <laughs> to get a few more of those. I was like, what is this in there? <laughs> I gotcha. There is, so essentially, if you were to store a JSON object in your database and you would have, for example, an address, and in an address, you have a street, a suburb, and a state. So if you were storing them as JSON, they would just go in as a, a JSON object. So you have a, a curly opening brace, then you would have, you know, quote, street, quote, and then colon, and then quote, and then the street, and so on and so forth for the rest of it. But it's just a it's it's just a string that comes out and it comes out as a standard class object. But when you're using the combined uh, when you're using the model cast, using the castable data transfer object, you will actually get that casted back to an instance of that value object so that you can access specific properties. You've got um, some type safety and some you know, validation against the values that are going into and out of your object. So you can now either pass an instance of an address class so you can take the entire address value object into a property in your model or just an array with a compatible structure and everything will get handled automatically between the class and JSON for storage and the data will be validated on the way in and out. So if you were to have a, in your address, you'd have, as I said, street, suburb, and state. If you were to throw something else in there like street number, the value object, the, the sparsity data transfer object would actually prevent that from happening and throw an exception saying, you know, this is an unexpected value for the object. 
Um, and one of the benefits of using a value object is that you can define custom methods around the cast, meaning you can do things like implementing your own two-string method or a custom That's helper. That's a great point. So if you were to have an address and you were to store lat long in there, rather than referencing address lat long, you could have a method called get coordinates. Get coordinates could return a, an instance of a location or a point so that you could you know, have two addresses and calculate the distance between the points and things like that. So using value objects to encapsulate business logic and functionality for your application is a is a really powerful approach and a nice way of encapsulating yeah, all that stuff. So, that's awesome. and you know this we've done this with with the yep, stuff that we've been working sure. on. And you you were a bit uh, how's your mother about it initially, but you've come around. Yeah, indeed. now that we've been using it I think it for the a bit. deal that I was I don't think it was necessarily that I had a hard time with the casts. It was the enums. There was some enum stuff or something like that. Maybe it's the DT. I don't remember. Mm. I can't remember exactly what it was. Yes, you're <laughs> correct though. I was a little bit like. Mm, I don't know about this. And then, yeah, no, you're right. It looks awesome. So thanks, Jess. Okay, we've got an archivable mm-hmm. eloquent model uh, with the archivable package. So this is by Joel Butcher. It's a simple package for making eloquent models archivable. After adding the archivable trait to your models, you have access to these various macros such as archive or unarchive or have query methods with archived or only archived. And although the examples that are given are with a user model, it could be used for anything like a ticket or a conversation or what have you, right? So anywhere you have an archive feature Mm -hmm. to hide models from active model lists. I'm guessing, I don't know for sure. I'm guessing this adds maybe like an archived at timestamp and then just uses that. I would guess. That would be my guess. But anyway, you can check that out at joelbutcher slash laravel dash archivable. Last one here, device tracking. Last one. Device tracking is a package by Ivana Mateo that allows you to track different devices used by users of your application. You can use this package as a base for functionality like detecting users on new devices and managing the verified status between the device and the user. You could also possibly see device hijacking. The package works by adding a use devices trait to your application's user model and gives you access to a devices method, which is a belongs to many relationship to get the verified devices. There are some additional methods that you have from this package. You've got a detect, find, and update method, a flag current as verified, flag as verified, flag as verified by UUID. Uh, so if that's something that you need to do, if you, I think Daniel Colborn was speaking about this on a recent episode of No Plans to Merge, where they need to track this kind of stuff. And then if they have, um, if they, you know, if your user comes from a certain IP address all the time, or they're, or, or if you know that all of your users are in Australia. And suddenly you see a login from Albania or the United States or from, you know, wherever. You could then notify the user and say, hey, we detected a login from this location. Was this you? And, you know, you get that kind of stuff. Every time I log into GitLab, every time my IPv6 address cycles, I get a notification (laughs) saying, hey, you logged in from a new location. So definitely something that is useful in tracking um, security and auditing. It gives you the ability if it's if it's not a verified address, you know, if your user goes, no, this was not me, then you can, um, you know, have the user change their password. You can then restrict access to your application using something like the Laravel firewall, firewall, <laughs> Laravel firewall package, which we've talked about on a previous episode as well. So uh, definitely check that out. That's something that you need to do in your applications. But as you said, that was the last of it. There is there is no more to be said. That wraps of. it up. This is episode 131. You can find show notes for this episode at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 131. Five stars appreciated in your podcatcher of choice. Give us a retweet. Hit us up with any questions you have at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at Laravel News. You all rock. We love you all. 
Have a wonderful two weeks. We'll see you back here again in a fortnight. Bye all.